Welcome to River Glen. Great to see you here in Waukesha. Uh, welcome everybody on the other side of the camera in Pewaukee and uh, online, uh, whatever your location. I know we've got many guests, uh, first-time guests uh, with us. My name is Ben, and I'm one of the pastors, and we're just delighted uh, to have you here. Thanks, thank you so much for making us part of your uh, Easter weekend, and uh, we'd love to have you come back next weekend. We're beginning a new series called uh, Big Questions, and we are going to address uh, some of the top questions that people have about God or the Bible, like why do bad things happen to good people? Is everything in the Bible true? Why doesn't God answer my prayers? And on and on. I think it's going to be really helpful, and I would love to have you come back. It'd be a great series to invite somebody uh, to come with you. If you're new, uh, or really if you've attended uh, any length of time and you just want to find out more about River Glen or our vision, our beliefs, get your questions answered, this is your next step. Uh, right here. It's called the uh, Welcome Brunch coming up Sunday, May 15th, 10.30 to 11.30. Both campuses, you get a free brunch and it's really uh, good. You also get a free uh, t-shirt. You can sign up right now using the uh, QR code on the seat back or the uh, digital uh, welcome card um, online. Well, today, hey, we celebrate uh, the biggest event in all of history, the resurrection of Jesus, because Jesus Uh, rose from the grave. All of us who attach our faith to him will one day also uh, rise from the grave uh, as well. Over 2 billion people worldwide uh, celebrate Jesus today as Lord and Savior because he rose from the dead. And here's why this is so important. Scripture says, just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, we too, we too, that means everybody in one of our, our rooms We too means everybody watching online. We too may live a new life. Uh, Reminds me of a uh, car accident I had uh, recently. Uh, Maybe remember the uh, ice storm we had in uh, February. Remember that? I'm driving along. The roads didn't really seem that bad. And I wasn't thinking. I took a turn. I hit a patch of ice and I slid into a curb. I didn't think it was really a a, a bad wreck, but I I drove to the uh, auto shop and they said that I broke a part in the steering, need to get that part fixed. They said it'd take three or four days uh, to get that part. Well, guess what? Yeah, I'm still waiting for that part. (laughs) My car is still in the shop uh, to this day. So I went a few few weeks without a car, depending on my wife and other people to get me around, which is inconvenient. I got a text message from the technician and he said, we're going to have to delay the part. Uh, it's going to take even uh, longer. I texted back and I said, you know, is there anywhere else, you know, where we might be able to get this part? He said, no, it's on nationwide back order. And then he did something incredibly generous. He said, we can provide a rental car. We got one available right now. I zipped over there and to my surprise, they provided me uh, with a brand new 2022 SUV uh, to drive uh, while we wait for the part on my car. Now, my old car, okay, has got French fries uh, rotting under the seats, <laughs> stains from Dairy Queen spills, and radios broke, tiny engine, no power. But now I'm driving a brand new SUV. It's got the new car smell, spotless interior, satellite radio, four wheel drive, twice as much horsepower, all the driver assistant features. It's awesome. I'm in heaven. I got a text recently from the uh, 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 mechanic apologizing all over himself uh, because the park got delayed again. I'm like, hey, man, no rush. All right. 
You know, if that part, if that part ever comes in, you know, you, you, you let me. I'm praying for more delays because uh, I'm driving a brand new car. Well, Easter is all about you living a brand new life because of what Jesus did on Easter. Anybody here want a new life? Anybody here has some stains from your past that you wish you could wash clean? Anybody here has some pain, some, some anger, some shame, some guilt? It's just rotten in your soul, and it's seeping into your marriage and your uh, relationships. I believe if Ronna said all of us have a, have a gap, we've got a gap uh, between the life we have and the life we could have. Maybe it's a financial gap. Maybe it's a fitness gap. Maybe it's a relational gap in your marriage, in your friendships, in your parenting. I mean, we can look really good on the outside, but on the inside, we, we, we've got some gaps. There's some deadness. There's some real regrets, anxieties, disappointments, and, and maybe we try to fill those gaps. We try to fix those things. We try to change those things, but we always end up with this massive gap between where you are and where you want to be. But I'm telling you, God says you can have a new life today because of Easter. You will not only go to heaven, I mean, when, when you die because of Jesus overcoming death, but you can have a brand new life right now that, that closes uh, the gap. Take a look at one of my favorite Easter verses. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. This means if you believe in him, the same amount of power that raised Jesus from the grave, that wasn't just for Jesus. You can have that same amount of power in your life. And that means that you don't have to just celebrate Easter. You can experience it. Later on in this service, uh, we're going we're gonna to baptize uh, some people. We've got the baptistry uh, filled up and, and heated up and, and ready uh, to go. And if you've never seen a baptism before, you might be wondering, you know, why are these people dunking each other and getting excited about it? It may seem strange. I'm going to explain it uh, a little bit more, but we're doing it today because baptism displays Easter. It pictures the death and the burial and the resurrection of, of, of Easter. And, uh, man, we've been baptizing a bunch of people. It has been so exciting. We, we, we baptized 20 people uh, last service. And uh, we've got a bunch of people that we're going to baptize uh, in, in, in this uh, service. But I'm praying that more of you will make the decision uh, to join me in, in the water and experience Easter uh, by getting baptized. Look at the rest of this verse. Uh, just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, uh, he will. Doesn't say maybe. Doesn't say he might. He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. Immortal bodies, you know what that means? I mean, that means your, 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 physical, your physical body. Uh, you don't have to live a, a defeated life, a, a, a dead life. God wants to give you new life new power, the same amount of power that raised Jesus uh, from, from the grave to, to close the gap between the life you have and, and the life that, that you want. Uh, today, I want to look at a story with you of a guy, uh, a story of a guy who, who shows us how to close the gap. And uh, on the outside, this guy looked like, you know, he had it all together, but on the inside, some things are missing. And he knows, you know, there's, there's got to be more than this. He's got some questions about God and faith. This actually takes place right after the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, check this out. It says, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, uh, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
Uh, So he did, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the queen. So uh, God sends a follower of Jesus by the name of Philip to meet this guy from Ethiopia. And God totally orchestrates this meeting. This is not a coincidence. God brings these two guys together. And I know, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why people come to church on Easter. Uh, You know, maybe you're here because somebody cute uh, invited you. And uh, you're sitting next to him or her right now. Normally you don't like church, but you're like, you know, I I like church right now. It's it's pretty good. (laughs) Having a good time. Uh, Maybe maybe you're here because you made a trade. You knew that your spouse would get really mad if you didn't come uh, today. And so you thought, you know, one hour of church or one week of pain. I'll do the one hour of church thing. And uh, by the way, I think you made a really good trade. I don't think anybody is here by accident. I, I believe God orchestrated this gathering because he wants each one of us. Uh, to have a Jesus moment, uh, like this man from uh, Ethiopia. It says this man from Ethiopia is a uh, eunuch, and uh, that's not really a very commonly used word. That's not part of our vocabulary. And you might be wondering, uh, what is a eunuch? A eunuch worked for the king and the uh, queen, but they were castrated. They had their male parts removed as part of their job. The uh, king and queen were paranoid. They didn't want their staff uh, to go start a new dynasty, they didn't want their king and queen didn't want their staff to have uh, sexual uh, relations with each other. Too much drama, and so they just kind of nipped that in the bud, uh, so to speak. <laughs> There's something else I want you to notice. This uh, eunuch from Ethiopia. I mean, he lives a good life. Look at this. It says he has great authority. It, it calls him the treasurer of Ethiopia. He's got a good life other than the fact that he's a, a eunuch. That's kind of a bummer, but you know what? All of us have problems that we have to deal with, right? But I want you to notice uh, there's really nothing wrong with the eunuch's uh, life. I mean, he's not at rock bottom. He's not desperate. He's not strung out on drugs. He, he drives a chariot. A chariot was like driving a Rolls Royce in that ancient culture. And so he's got, he's got authority, he's got great authority, and he's got uh, power. And maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you'd say, you know, I'm happy. I've got good days and bad days, but I love my life and uh, I don't really know why I need church or Jesus. But God had other plans. Look at what it says in the next verse. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and uh, walk alongside the chariot. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. So he asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And the man replied, how can I when there's no one to instruct me? So the the eunuch is reading the Bible and he doesn't understand it. You ever had that happen? You read the Bible and you don't understand it? I, I have that happen. It says the eunuch begged Philip, come up into the chariot, sit with him. The passage of scripture that he had been reading was, now before I read it, to you. I want you to think with me as I read this verse. Who is this verse talking about? The eunuch is reading from the Old Testament book of uh, Isaiah. Okay, the New Testament hadn't been written yet. He's reading from Isaiah. This is the verse the eunuch read. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Later on, Isaiah wrote these words. He was wounded and crushed for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was whipped and we were healed. All of us have strayed away like sheep. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the guilt and sins of us all. Who, who do you think that verses, those verses are, are, are talking about? Who's it talking about? 
Yeah, Jesus. Exactly. Clearly, it's talking about Jesus and, and the way he lived and the way that he died and what he did for us on uh, Easter. It's so obvious that uh, critical scholars who didn't believe the Bible is God's word, they, they would say that someone wrote the book of Isaiah after the birth of Jesus. How else do you explain how it accurately describes the life and death and Jesus? Somebody must have written the book of Isaiah after Jesus uh, died until 1949. In 1949, a shepherd in Qumran, outside of, just outside of Jerusalem, was tending his sheep. He went into a cave to explore, and he discovered a bunch of scrolls. They're, they're known as the Dead Sea Scrolls. In those scrolls were contained many copies of the book of Isaiah. They carbon dated these copies all the way back to 125 B.C. Do you see what that means? That means that Isaiah wrote those verses I read to you even before the birth of Jesus, and yet they perfectly uh, describe the life and death of Jesus. I'm telling you, the Bible is a supernatural book. But the Ethiopian eunuch, he doesn't know any of that. And so he asked Philip this. He says, he says was Isaiah talking about himself or, or somebody else? And so Philip began with the same scripture and then used many others to tell him, look at this, the good news about Jesus. And I want to take a moment and do that with you as clear, clearly and as plainly as I, as I can. I want to tell you the good news about Jesus. The word gospel means good news. And Jesus did something on Easter that is good news for every human being. But before you can understand the good news, you need to understand the, the bad news. All right, here's the, here's the bad news. All, everybody, have sinned. Sin means wrongdoing and fall short of God's Standard. I don't, think, I don't think very many of us would disagree with that. Maybe you think you're the only person besides Jesus who's never sinned. But I think most of us would say, yeah, I've sinned against God. Here's, but here's the really bad news. For the wages, this is the part some people are unsure of. For the wages of sin is, is death. A wage is something that you earn. A wage is something that you deserve. And the Bible says that our sin has earned us the wage of Death, physical death at some point, and spiritual death, a spiritual gap between us and, and God. But that's not how many people really view their sin. Many people rationalize their sin, and they'll say, well, you know, I had uh, good intentions. But the Bible says that God cannot tolerate sin or evil. And if we die with uh, sin, it will separate us uh, from, from God forever. It seems hopeless. But look at what it says in Romans chapter 5. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for sinners on Easter. We have been made right with God by the blood of Christ. He will save us from God's judgment. You and I deserve uh, to die for our sin. Jesus did not. Jesus never Sinned. He did not earn the wage of death. But on Easter weekend, he gave his life as a substitute for ours. He took our place. He, 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 he paid the penalty so that we could have a new life that closes the gap. Therefore, it says in Romans chapter 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you might be saved. No, that's not what it says, does it? You will. You will be saved. So I want to ask you, have you done that? Has there been a moment when you've turned from your old life 
and you put your trust in Jesus and you began a new life. I want to use this door right here to illustrate this new life that Jesus in, invites us uh, to, and also to illustrate two common uh, mistakes uh, to avoid. You know, the most common mistake I think people make is they think this door to new life, they, they think this door is locked, and that the key to unlocking this door is, is to do good works. You know, avoid the big sins and, and do lots of nice things for other people. And if you do enough uh, good, uh, then that'll unlock the door. But you know what? That's not what the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says the opposite. The Bi- Here's what the scripture says. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people uh, do. Your goodness will never unlock the door. You need the forgiveness that only comes through trusting Jesus and what he did for you on Easter. All right, here's the second uh, common mistake that people make uh, when it comes to the new life Jesus offers. And I'm going to call this uh, the slam door. Uh, Some people, maybe some of us, you know, carry uh, shame, carry guilt over things that we've done in the past. And we are afraid that God won't accept us. We carry uh, guilt maybe from things we did in the past or shame from things maybe that were done to us in the past. And so we think, you know, God's going to open a door, you know, and he's going to look at us and see us and he's, and he's going to go, are you kidding? And he's going to slam the door, slam the door in your, in your face. God might say, you know, look at all the things you've done. You know, go and clean up first and then come back. The slam door. But I'm telling you, there is no such thing as a slam door. There is no one in Scripture who cleaned their life up first and then came to Jesus. Every person who comes to Jesus comes with their issues, their mess, their sin. And Jesus helps them uh, clean up uh, their, their, their life. You have to get Jesus in your life first. Here's the good news. This is not a locked door. It's not a slam door. It's an open door for everyone. And Jesus invites you to walk through and come home uh, to God. And he's been knocking on the door of your life. Sometimes it's a soft knock. Sometimes it's a loud uh, bang. And the question is, will you walk through the door that Jesus has opened for you and come home to God? So how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, let's go back to our friend from Ethiopia, the eunuch. Philip explains to him the message of good news about Jesus. And the eunuch responds in three, uh, three ways. Here's what he does to walk through the door. You can do these three things. Number one, you, you say yes to Jesus with your heart. You believe in your heart that uh, Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. And then second, you, you say yes to Jesus with your mouth. In verse 37, the Ethiopian eunuch says, I believe that Jesus is God's son. So you say yes with your, your heart. Say yes with your mouth, and then if you really mean it, you say yes to Jesus with your body by getting baptized. Look at this next verse. Look at what it says. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the uh, eunuch said, look, there's some water. Uh, Why can't I be baptized? Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, you know, I'm going to go home, get my swimsuit and towel, and come back, and then you're baptized now. And he didn't say, you know, Philip, you've given me some really great things to think about here. And uh, I'm going to take a few weeks. I'm going to take a few months. Think about it. No, that's not what he said. He he, he says, uh, why can't I be baptized? Isn't that a great question? I love that question. 
He doesn't say, why should I be baptized? You know, it's not, hey, convince me to do this. I, I don't really uh, want to do this. No, no, no. He says, why can't I be baptized? He wants to get baptized immediately. And it says he ordered the, the chariot to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And so I want to ask you that same uh, question. Why can't you be baptized uh, uh, today? Uh, what could possibly prevent you uh, from saying yes to Jesus today uh, with, your, with your heart and with your mouth and with your body? Like this young couple, uh, Sam and Demi, uh, did last Easter. I want you to see uh, this video about their story. Take a look. Hi, my name is Sam Dembeck. Hi, I'm Demi Deeringer, and we attend here in Waukesha. For me, I didn't come to church here until I met Demi. Um, every day I would think in my head, well, am I good enough for Jesus? I would have all these thoughts in my head of, well, what if I'm not good enough? And uh, it, it kind of just hit me through prayer one day. I started to become at peace uh, when I realized that it was it was all God's doing and it wasn't mine. I felt like there was something missing for a while, but I didn't know what that was. And I remember going to the Easter 2021 service and I just felt God's presence in that moment. And it was so strong in my mind. I'm like, okay, like I should just do it. And I looked over at Sam and I'm like, this is what like I've been waiting for. It was a really fulfilling experience to get to do it with him along with my younger sisters and my brother. It was just amazing to have all of us together knowing what you're about to do, giving your life to Jesus. I had so many thoughts rushing through my head and it was a little bit euphoric and I kind of got lost in the moment. And then you go under and when you come back up, everybody's cheering, the lights are bright and you see your family and you just feel so fulfilled inside and so happy. It wasn't until then, as I was getting baptized, that I realized that I need to give my life to Him. And it's not from what I've done, but it's from what He has done for me. I was at peace with what I was doing. I knew I was obeying my Father and I was doing what He called me to do. It was very emotional. Through that, after getting baptized, when I felt like I was able to like cast my anxiety on him and cast the depression and cast the worries when before I would just let the anxiety build up. I feel like for me, it's allowed me to trust in him through the uncomfortable times, through the times where I don't know what's gonna happen next. Through my journey, I learned that God has a plan for everybody and in the moment at that service, from feeling his presence, I knew that he was telling me that this was the next step in his plan for me and I just needed to do it. I would say whether you're thinking about coming back to church or you're thinking about getting baptized or taking another step in your faith journey, forget your struggles, forget your addictions, forget your worries, forget all that anxiety or anything that's building up thinking about it. Even if you have that little thought, just do it. I would say, don't let your actions get in the way of getting baptized. Um, it's, it's all of what he did, not of what you've done. Let's give Sam and Demi a hand. I appreciate them uh, sharing their story. You know, they were just sitting in a chair, you know, like, like you are right now, last Easter. And they just felt God nudging them uh, to do this. And they, 
And they did. And you know what? They were excited. They were so excited to uh, share their story on video and uh, hopefully influence uh, some of you that, that, that are also feeling uh, that nudging uh, from God. If you're ready to say yes to, to Jesus with your heart and with your mouth and you've never said yes to him uh, with your body uh, through baptism as a, as a believer, God says it's time. It's time uh, to obey him in this uh, area. Uh, now, I'm guessing you probably have a few questions about it, so I tried to anticipate a few of those, like this one right here. Maybe you wonder, you know, when am I ready to be baptized? Maybe you were uh, baptized as a baby or as a child, and you wonder, should I do it again? Should I get baptized again? Maybe you recently came to faith. Maybe, maybe this Christmas you came uh, to faith, or more recently. Maybe, maybe years ago, many years ago, you came to faith in Jesus and put off uh, baptism. I want to show you the sequence in the, in the Bible. We see this sequence uh, repeated. This is from the book of Acts, chapter 18. It says, Crispus, the synagogue leader. By the way, Crispus was not only the synagogue leader. He also opened the first donut shop in um, the ancient world, Crispus Creams. Yeah. That's where we got the donuts in the uh, lobby uh, today. Uh, Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord. And uh, many of the Corinthians who heard Paul, look at this, believed and were baptized. And I want you to notice that sequence. Uh, we, we see this throughout the New Testament. People come to faith in Jesus. They put their trust in Jesus. They make a decision to put their weight on Jesus. And then they get baptized. And I would say when you make your own decision, not your parents' decision, not your grandparents' decision, when you make your own decision to put your trust in Jesus, put your weight on Jesus, uh, you need to express that faith through baptism. And, and you can do that today. And if your parents had you baptized as a baby, this doesn't take away from your parents' decision. It fulfills it. You, here's what you're doing. You're saying, you know, I'm deciding for myself today what my parents wanted for me when I was born. I'm making my own decision uh, to follow uh, Jesus. Today's a great day to take this step. Nothing displays Easter with our lives like baptism. Baptism is picturing with your life what Jesus did with his life on Easter. His, his, his life, his death and burial and his resurrection. And every Easter, I mean, you'll remember that you, this is the day you made the greatest decision of your life. And think about how this eunuch, I mean, he didn't get up in the morning and, you know, plan his baptism. I'm going to get baptized today. This was spontaneous. Most of the baptisms in the New Testament were unplanned. And if you're feeling that nudge, um, maybe today you can make this decision for yourself. Here's a second question. Can I say yes to Jesus without being baptized? This one's always puzzled me because you would think if somebody makes a decision to walk through the door and start a new life of following Jesus, it seems like they would be willing to do the first thing that Jesus asks us to do. I mean, Jesus didn't suggest baptism. He commanded it. But some people act like it's too big of a hassle, you know, to get baptized. It's too uh, bothersome. Sometimes pride creeps in and people think, well, you know, I've attended this church for so long. You know, what will other people think if they see me get baptized or, you know, I'm too old, you know, or I'm too young or I'm too cool uh, to do this. But here's a thought for you. How proud would God be of you today? if you made this decision 
to honor him. And if you're you're worried, if you wonder what other people will think, I'll tell you exactly what other people will think if they see you getting baptized today. They're going to think you're making the best decision of your life. And if you've put off baptism, you know, for a long time, we'll just hold you under the water longer, okay? That's the rule. Uh, More sin, more time under the water. I'm kidding. One more question. What are the logistics of getting uh, baptized? Well, both campuses, we got everything uh, that you need. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, these new shirts, these baptism shirts. You get to keep that. We got shorts. Uh, we got towels. And we got lots of these. We got lots, all different sizes of clothing. We even have uh, women's undergarment. I'm not going to show that to you, but we got it. We got combs. What's this? Uh, makeup remover. We got sandals. We got uh, deodorant. Got hair dryers, we got private changing uh, areas. I mean, we, we got everything for you. And um, here's, here's how you do it. If you already signed up or if you're just deciding right now uh, to do it, we're going to sing a song together. We're going to have everybody stand. And during that song, when we start that song, just go ahead and make your way to the lobby, go to the table in the middle. We got a team, and they'll help you get ready. Uh, for your uh, baptism. If you're watching online and you want to get baptized and you're nearby, get in your car. Come on over. We've had people do this. We've had people do that. We'd love to baptize you. And after your baptism, you can towel off, put your clothes back on that you wore to church today. It's like nothing happened. But you know what? You're going to feel different on the inside because you're going to leave some things in the water, like old guilt, old shame, old perspectives, old beliefs, old selfishness, and you're going to experience a new life that closes the gap uh, between you and God. It says after the uh, baptism, after his baptism, the eunuch never saw Philip again, but the eunuch went on his way rejoicing, and you can go home rejoicing. I want to say a word to those of you that have already done this, you've already gotten baptized before. In a few minutes when we do the baptisms, I want you to think back And remember your baptism because it can reignite your devotion and remind you of the commitment that you made with your life to follow Jesus. And it can remind you of the power that is within you, the same amount of power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive within you to close the the gap in your life, and uh, it can inspire you to walk away today rejoicing because of what Jesus has, has done for you on, on Easter. Uh, some historians believe that the, uh, the uh, uh, eunuch went back to Ethiopia and he took the gospel to Africa. Wouldn't it be great for you to take the good news with you home and share it with others? Maybe you invite somebody else to Reach out and invite somebody to come with you next weekend as we begin the new series. Maybe text somebody a text message and invite them to come and and sit next to you. So here's what I want to do. I want to invite all of us. Would you stand with me? Would you go ahead and please uh, stand uh, with me right now? And I want to invite you to say yes to Jesus with your heart and with your mouth by repeating these words after me, if you believe them. Ready? I believe that Jesus died for my sin and raised from the dead. And I accept him as my Lord and Savior. If you said yes to Jesus with your heart 
and uh, with your uh, mouth. Look at what the Bible says. What are you waiting for? Both campuses. Get up. Be baptized. And wash your sins away. Calling on his name. Let's, let's do this. I'm going to pray uh, for us. And then you just stay standing. And, and when we begin this song, if you signed up or you've decided you want to do this, just make your way. Go to the aisle and make your way to the lobby and, and, and we'll get ready uh, for your baptism. I'll meet you in the water here in Waukesha, over in Pewaukee. Jason will meet you in the water and you can go home rejoicing. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for Easter and the message of good news and the open door for all of us to come home to you. None of us can unlock the door, but you open it to all of us and there's, there's no better day to say yes to Jesus. God, thank you for so many people that have already decided to say yes to you with their heart and mouth and body today. But God, I know that there are probably many more people who need to do this. Would you give them an extra nudge, give them boldness and courage right now to go to the lobby and, and take this step. And then they can go home rejoicing like this man from Ethiopia. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.